0: Hi, and welcome to a Dad's Path podcast. We're real dads solving everyday problems. Each week we tackle issues that dads everywhere face and deliver actions you can take right away. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode and go to adadspath.com to get our free newsletter exclusively for dads. Our goal is to help you make fatherhood count. Dad on. Hello and welcome to another episode of a Dad's Path podcast. I'm Will Bronstein. Today we're here with Stephanie Connor, founder of KiddosCook.com and host of the podcast Kiddos in the Kitchen. Stephanie, will uh, give us an introduction, tell us more about the site and her podcast. But first, welcome Stephanie. Thanks for thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate being here.
0: Awesome. So first, KiddosCook.com, Kiddos in the Kitchen. Why why would you start them? And tell us a little bit more um, what they are.
1: So I started kiddoscook.com because I was spending a lot of time with my own son in the kitchen. And I think he was about 18 months when I started pulling him into the kitchen. And I wanted to share more about that journey and remember it for myself and document it for him and share it with others. And part of the reason it was so important to me to cook with him is that when he was little, he was diagnosed with a number of food allergies. So he was allergic to dairy. He was allergic to eggs, to soy, to nuts, and to peanuts, Oh wow. which all started around the time he was 10 months old. And so at that time, we discovered that he was allergic to eggs and to dairy because he had broken out in hives. And so we took him to the pediatrician and the allergist and then tested for all these other foods that he hadn't yet tried. And so at that point, it was something that I then had to learn how to avoid all of those foods for myself because I was a nursing mother and it was very hard to eat without those foods and it was almost impossible to eat out and avoid those foods. And so it was something that even though I had enjoyed cooking before, it occurred to me that what if he doesn't grow out of these allergies as he gets older? He really needs to know how to cook. I mean, it could truly literally save his life. And I will say he's eight now and he has grown out of all of those allergies. But that foundation of being able to be self-sufficient in the kitchen is still really important to me as a mom. And I discovered that in talking to other people around my age, we grew up in this era where maybe our moms were working outside of the home and dads were too, and there nobody taught us how to cook. And so when it became time to teach our own children, we feel lost and like we don't know what we're doing. And so that makes it harder to teach kids if you yourself feel like you don't know what you should know. And so... I thought it was time to get over that. (laughs) Um, And so I started the podcast because I was kind of tired of just talking about myself. And I found that there are so many people out there on the same mission. Moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, we're all out there trying to manage busy lives and teach our children to cook for a number of reasons. And I love exploring those reasons. And hopefully being able to, through the podcast and the blog, give moms and dads and anybody else out there with kids in their lives some information, just basic cooking information so that they feel a little more empowered, but also some inspiration. Because I feel like sometimes you listen to a podcast or you read a book or an article and it helps reinforce in you why you're doing some of the things you're doing. (laughs) Like, you know, you read about exercising and you're like, "Oh yes, I need to keep doing that." And I feel that way about cooking too. Like if you hear stories about parents who are figuring this out, hopefully you too will pull your kid into the kitchen and and go for it.
0: Wow, yeah, no that's great. That's uh, inspirational why you started, you know, the site originally and uh for dads out there, I mean, I know that when your kid needs mom for food, it can be challenging, but just think about the position that Stephanie was in where she couldn't eat any food, so that would be, you know, Hopefully, I'm sure there are dads out there who are in similar, but could always be worse. So, Stephanie, good for you for <laughs> making it through. It
1: was and- it was it was tough, but I mean, there are a lot more resources now than there used to be for people who have food allergies. So, I will say, like, I was able to find quite a bit of allergy information and allergy-friendly resources. So, I'm lucky in in that regard
0: it has gotten easier, I'm I'm sure. But still, you know, the resources that you put out are very helpful. So it's fantastic. And, you know, one thing that struck me as we were talking is it's not only about food, but it's about confidence, right? It's about leadership. Mm -hmm. It's teaching a child, hey, can you do this? And first they'll say no. And then you teach them. And, uh, you know, it's it's more than just cooking. But how do you communicate that to them? Do you communicate that part to them? Like, I want you to lead this or that, you know, now you're the, how, how do you approach that?
1: For me, with my son, it's more of modeling. And then as he gains confidence, he can take over. I did an interview with one parent who calls herself the sous chef. Mm. And she makes the child the head chef. And I've always loved that. You know, she's sous chef mom. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And there's sous chef daddy. And so her son is far more advanced than we are (laughs) um, at this point. But I love that. And one of the things that she is trying to teach is leadership and making sure that you know her son has not just cooking skills but but is a leader. For me, you know, I'm not quite there yet. We're not quite there yet. But I think that when my son sees me do something and then he does it a couple times, his personality is such that, you know, he needs to do it in more of a safe environment first and then next time he'll take it and run with it. So, you know, the first few times he cracked eggs, I was right there and now I just hand him the bowl and the eggs and I don't need to watch, you know, like he's, he's got it.
0: <laughs> no, that's awesome. How, how old is your son, Stephanie?
1: He's eight now.
0: Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh man, I have a seven and a half year old. I better get him, get the eggs over to him, <laughs> him here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, well, so it's one of those things where, I mean, he even, if he knows that I'm making something that has eggs, I mean, he will come in and ask to do, and that's just one example. No, that's awesome. Can I share another example? Please. Yeah. So there's one project that we've done a few times that I love it. I love telling people about it because anyone can do it. And I feel like the risk for failure is, is almost zero, but we do a chicken marinade. And so I pull out all my herbs and spices. And then for our chicken marinades, we do almost equal parts, herbs and spices, oil and water. And in that one part that is the herbs and spices, we start with a little bit of sugar and a little bit of salt. So the amount of herbs and spices that they're putting into that third of a cup is actually a pretty small amount. But I just tell him to go crazy. And he smells all the herbs and he smells all the spices and he just puts in whatever he wants. The first time he did it, I think there were 12. (laughs) You know, it was like the kernel, you know, 11 herbs and spices. I mean, and it's, you know, just a little, a dash of this, a dash of that. But when it was done you know, we marinated the chicken, I grilled it, and it was Connor chicken. Mm. And that was Connor chicken number one. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then the next time it was Connor chicken number two. And I've started actually, you know, I'll jot down what it is we put in it. We'll never be able to 100% recreate it because we're not measuring. We're just We're just having fun and putting it in. But as long as you have sort of regular herbs and spices, I mean, nothing you know, probably stay away from maybe don't put the cinnamon mm-hmm. out or,
0: <laughs> Ch- chili pepper <laughs> or, <laughs> nutmeg,
1: or, things yeah. that they're well so my son loves spicy so it was like okay. you know he pulled out like a Penzi's chili 3000 and but it's such a small amount that it's for our family like he was never gonna overdo it because of the nature of the way that we make this this marinade and so it's was something that like he felt he had ownership of And once the first one was good, then he said, okay, well, next time I'm going to make it spicier. And then the next time it was going to be more of an herby marinade. He had ideas in his head of things he wanted to try each time. And it's fun for him and it gives him that ownership. And again, it's something that, like, I'm there, but... He's leading that project. And so, you know, that's one that I feel like is a good thing for kids who maybe aren't ready to be the head chef.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's a great, yeah.
1: He's not ready to delegate tasks, but he is ready to own a dish. And if you can create something that is safe environment where, I mean, he's not going to make something gross. I mean, it's almost impossible, I think. (laughs) You know, if you have sort of just mainstream herbs and spices that you're presenting, he's not going to make a mistake. He's not going to make something disgusting. And it gives him a foundation of confidence where he knows that next time he can continue to make adjustments or create something all new. And it's his.
0: No, that's great and, and it's fun I mean it's it's almost like a, a game in a way he tries it he sees how it works and an experiment and then he mm-hmm. can change it each time so you said you were, you're sort of writing down the recipes at this point you have number one number two
1: yeah number two yeah so I know what went in them I don't know the exact proportions because we're just sort of shaking them in
0: <laughs> right that's you yeah
1: so yes yeah. so, so he has asked if we could make you know Connor chicken number two again and it's like we can try <laughs> you know <laughs> maybe we can come close that's funny you know if we want to To measure it, we can, but...
0: No, that's not the point as much, I see. Right,
1: but I like the idea that, you know, and for mommy chicken, number one, I know what goes in it. It's never the exact same either. Right. But I like the freedom for him to know that, like, he doesn't have to pull out a recipe book every time he wants to make a meal. Like, he is understanding how flavors come together and then he can build on that. And I think that's a good skill for him.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's a good skill for any child. I mean, it's, and beyond, you know, the cooking and the tactile, the taste, all that, you're teaching, it's a relationship with food, right? Which I think is pretty important. Mm -hmm. And at the very least, I think you've written about this. I mean, you know, he might not appreciate a McDonald's hamburger or something because he's had good hamburger because he can make a good hamburger or something along those lines, right?
1: Yeah. You know, Between his food allergy history (laughs) and just sort of a lack of exposure to certain other foods, he's probably going to be a bit of a food snob. (laughs) Like he's already a chocolate snob (laughs) because he doesn't like milk chocolate
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: because he just never acquired a taste for it after not having dairy for the first seven years of his life. But yes, he's going to have a different kind of palate, I think, than some kids (laughs)
0: Yeah. No, I mean, and, it, and there's nothing wrong with McDonald's, but I think if you, you think about processed food or food that you know probably is not very good for you, we could agree on. Though also at the same time, it's not necessarily healthy food you're making because you can make a triple cheeseburger at home. And,
1: we sure can.
0: <laughs> and that's fine too. So. But anyway, I do think the relationship with food is interesting and that's something that I think we all struggle with, at least you know, for myself and other dads. Um, and that also goes back to modeling, which you had mentioned earlier, right? What about eating? you know, how you eat food, is that something you think about? Or, you know, do you make sure you're eating at the table together? Do you make sure you're not on your phone? Or is it sort of?
1: So the family dinner is very important to us. I will say that I have just the one child. So that's only one child's school schedule, sports schedule, activity schedule to manage. And so I know a lot of parents, it's really hard to get four or five people at the table at the same time every night. For the three of us, it's doable. so we do it. And sometimes it's takeout and, you know, sometimes it's leftovers and sometimes it's something we made. But it's really important to me that we are at the table once a day. I'm not a big breakfast eater. So in the mornings, my son has a little something before school and I, you know, have my tea with him. And, you know, we chat for a few minutes, but mornings are usually pretty rushed. So in the evenings, we really do our best to make sure that we are sitting down and talking and having dinner. And then, you know, on the weekends, you know, we usually have a brunch meal and a dinner meal together. Those are just important to us. Yeah.
0: No, I like that. I mean, I think it does just eating together and having at least one meal a day, the dinner saying, hey, this is a family time. And, you know, I don't know if you've experimented with different sort of conversation topics. That's always something that we're, we're playing around with in terms of like. I was school today? Good. What'd you do? Nothing. You know, like you, just, <laughs> you don't get any. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> but you know, you've probably heard the like apple or onion thing. Give me your apple, the good thing and uh-huh. the sweet thing and onion and the, you know, not so good thing that happened today or something.
1: Yeah. We talk uh, roses and thorns.
0: <laughs> okay. There you go. Roses and thorns. Yeah. Yeah. It can be hard to dig deep. But then also, I mean, for both my kids, so I, you know, I have an almost eight year old, almost five year old. Half don't have any thorns. And I feel like weird asking about it because it's mm-hmm. I'm like, well, anything bad happen at school or any, you know, it doesn't feel like, you know, need to push there either. So that's the, <laughs> but I do love the rose thing or maybe just focus there. But you need to have both, right?
1: Yeah, you do. Well, and sometimes I find that I ask my son, tell me a story from your day.
0: Oh, that's good. Yeah.
1: So it's sort of, it's agnostic to, was it good or bad? Like, I just want to hear a story because like your kids. Mine just says, good, fine, yes, no. And so, you know, I like to give a little more open-ended. And it's like, I don't care if it's so-and-so did something to somebody else at school. Sometimes that's what I get as I get the classroom gossip. But that's okay. I just want to know what's going on and what's on his mind. And sometimes just tell me a story. Gives him the freedom to to share something that he might not because it wasn't the best thing that happened or the worst thing that happened. It was just a thing.
0: Yeah. No, that's a great approach.
1: And you know, I'll bring this back to the kitchen because that's my thing. <laughs> but I think that sometimes, you know, when we create new spaces and places to have conversations, kids naturally share in different ways. So I walk my son to school every day. We're in Phoenix. So when the weather is nice enough, we start walking to school. So three fourths of the school year we are walking to school every day. And I find that on those walks, he shares things that he didn't share the night before at the dinner table. Things just come to his brain or he's processed them overnight. And I find that in the kitchen too, that, you know, sometimes we'll just be making something and he thinks to share something that, you know, he hasn't before. And those new environments that where you open up the opportunity for them to share, they surprise you with more than just good and fine.
0: I never thought about that. Absolutely. I mean, it makes sense because I talked about that in the car, you know, like that's a big advantage of, you know, same as you, you're walking, which is a little nicer than driving. But, <laughs> you know, we have 15, 20 minutes in the car together with both my kids. And often, you know, once we'll we're playing a game or something, and then suddenly, you know, out of the blue, there's this like, Zoe's not my best friend or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. You know, you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's when they're comfortable talking. And you no, know, it makes sense, though. That happens in the kitchen as well. That's cool. That's cool. The other area I want to push on a little bit is uh, like new foods. My kids love mac and cheese, pasta, and and they've slowly developed loves for other foods. It's been challenging. But the way they have is because we've pushed the food on them, right? So you just have to try it, you know, not have the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But what's your approach there in terms of cooking or in terms of also beyond cooking, but just how you introduce new foods and how hard you push on it, that sort of thing?
1: Oh, new foods. <laughs> So I will tell you that I had my parents over this weekend and had grilled steak and made twice-baked potatoes and a cauliflower gratin. So it's like a cheesy cauliflower. And I will tell you that I am the only person who ate the cheesy cauliflower. I could not even convince the adults in the room to try it, (laughs) much less my child. So we have a generational issue (laughs) of people in this family not trying (laughs) new foods. But I, I had always thought that one of the benefits to teaching your kids to cook was like, if they cook it, they'll eat it for sure. That is 100% not true. <laughs> and then um, I also thought if they grew the vegetable in the garden, then they would definitely eat it. That is also
0: <laughs>
1: absolutely <laughs> Not true. I have like, I grew tons and tons of vegetables and nothing guarantees anything. So I have found that pushing doesn't work with my kid. And so I consistently make food available and I ask that he try things, but I don't force. But like, I also, especially now that our allergy issues are behind us, I do not feel meals. So, you know, there was a time when I would have, you know, something in the freezer that like, okay, well, if he doesn't like this, I will get something I know he likes. I'm cognizant that there is something on the table that I know he'll eat. So there's, you know, there will be roasted sweet potatoes or rice or a chicken I know he will eat.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Otherwise, what's there is there. And so I mean, we've had nights where he doesn't eat very much. That's just okay. And then some nights he's hungry enough that he tries things (laughs) that he might not have otherwise and discovers he likes things. And so it's fun when he discovers things that he likes. But, you know, unfortunately, the pushing just it hasn't gone well. And so I've backed off and but I've also given myself a break and said, I'm not making two meals for a family of three. I'm just I'm just not doing that anymore. One thing I, I have found that has been somewhat helpful is introducing something new that has an air of familiarity. So like we know you like grilled chicken breast. How about if we do a new kind of marinade that maybe you're not familiar with? Um, so like he discovered he really likes jerk chicken, hmm. which, you know, it's a different kind of spicy, right? But it's like, hey, you already said you like spicy chicken. Try this one. Or you like pizza. What if it were like Stuffed pizza, you you know, like just different formats of things. And so, you know, making it a slower build to accepting foods. And I will say that I I interviewed a dietician who told me that you had to introduce kids to foods like 20 times before they would start to eat them. And it gave me relief, honestly, that like, okay, so the fact that he doesn't eat asparagus after three times, yep, that's okay. I'm just yeah. going to keep putting it on the table. And one of these days it's going to be okay. No, I, <laughs> He's going to try it. He's going to like it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've I've heard the same thing. And uh, that's the right, you know, attitude. Just try. And I also liked what you were saying about, we have that same rule. Make sure there's one, you know, primary thing that kid will eat, but then encourage, Hey, well, you know, trying it and love your ideas of slowly integrating and, and then it can also be external forces. You know, that happened to my child where he came home from school one day asking about hamburgers. Like, yeah, we've been trying to get you to eat hamburgers. And say, oh, maybe I'll let you, it's like, you know, and and now he likes hamburgers. So you also mentioned something interesting that involves food, but cooking and more the relationship of cooking, like relationship between you and your husband and, and for us dads, you know, who's doing the cooking, who's cleaning and, because there are, we have a lot of dads, you know, who listen, who are going to be, you know, who make meals most nights, right? And then we mm-hmm. have a lot of dads who, Do the dishes. But I think the kitchen is still always a source of potential not conflict, but (laughs) there's some tension there.
1: You mean like for dads or for all of us?
0: (laughs) I think in general, right? And you know, it seems like a lot of it can be solved through communication, but just kind of, you know, for us dads being maybe more active and moms too if you're listening, but Mm -hmm. be more communicative and say, Hey, this is, you know, I'm like, should we be planning more meals? Should do you wanna do a schedule? You know, I think that's what I found in my experience that it can be easy to fall into a pattern and not realize the other partner is doing a lot more or something like that and things can build up if you're not communicating about it talking about it saying hey are you comfortable with this arrangement you know i'm working all day and i'm making dinner i'm not you know or, or vice versa whatever it is so do you approach that at all have you have you thought about that you know kind of in your
1: i am definitely the i mean i am the grocery shopper and the, the meal planner and the meal preparer and i'm actually very hard on myself when i don't get dinner on the table like for me it's like a source of failure if I haven't cooked enough this week. And my husband, if it were his night, he would do takeout. He knows how to order takeout and that's what he would do. And I don't think that we need to do that every night. I mean, we can't afford to do that every night and I don't want to, but he's very like, don't be hard on yourself. You know, we're going to (laughs) eat. but It's like, we need to eat good, healthy, homemade foods. (laughs) But that's all on me. That's like my personal ethos that I feel we need to be eating more homemade. You know, my husband does do the dishes. Even when I use every dish in the house, he does them all without complaint. So he'll support me as much as possible. But when it comes time to cook, he is like...
0: (laughs) Sounds like you guys are okay with that. Like you figured out, hey, this is it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this is just the, you know, this is the way it is. And um, I'm going to teach my son to cook so that (laughs) he is more helpful or perhaps the lead cook in his own house when he is an adult.
0: (laughs) So can your husband cook or...
1: (laughs) I have never seen (laughs) it. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. We've been together, you know, for 16 years and I don't think I've ever seen him even scramble an egg.
0: Okay. Well, people like that, I suspect he's waiting. He's he's got one (laughs) big meal and he's saving it up. So you're, yeah, you got it coming.
1: Well, I will say that my son wanted to make me breakfast in bed on Mother's Day. And so he said that he had to tell daddy how to, you know, make the pancakes. But he's like, he was very impressed that daddy could figure it out. (laughs) He had to help him. So I believe that there is uh, there's an ability there that he just hasn't tapped.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, no, I like that. Maybe yeah. our
1: son will will pull it out. Maybe
0: he'll be the one. Yeah, you <laughs> teach your son, and there you go. The last thing I want to just mention is on your website kiddoscook.com, you have these kitchen rules. Yes, which is just a fun PDF. So if you want to go to Stephanie's site, you could see them, but print them out as she suggested, hang them in your pantry. But it's things like make memories, everyone gets to help, have fun, but then some things like you know measure or not. Or it's okay to be messy. Yes, really. So what's the <laughs> the messy one I wanted to address? I mean, cause it's super important to clean. Up. I mean, it doesn't upset you seeing flour everywhere. Or what, how do you approach that?
1: So it does. But I will tell you, I'm so I am a messy chef. And mess does bother me. But I don't want my house or my kitchen to be a place where we are afraid to live. So my son plays baseball. And a couple nights a week, we come home from games. And I say, just take your clothes, drop them in the floor. I'll wash them when I get to them. And so, you know what? If people come over today, there's like a pile of laundry in front of my front door. And that's just how I have to like manage my life right now. But I want us to live. I want us to go to baseball and I want to get the laundry done. And so we're just going to do what we need to do. And I feel that way in the kitchen too. Like if I'm too busy yelling at my son because he spilled flour, we're not having fun. We're not having conversations. He's not telling me about his school day because he's too busy worried about whether, you know, he cracked the egg on the table instead of can he talk to me about what's going on. And I want him to learn how to do things in a way that's not super messy because we do have to clean it up eventually. But in the process, in the moment, I want him to be savoring the experience of cooking and I want him to feel free to create and sometimes that's messy. And that's something where I think dads often can be a real asset in the kitchen. Stereotypically, I think, you know, as moms, we're a little more concerned with that mess. Right. And I think dads have the opportunity to just sort of say, like, let's have fun. Let's dads tend to be the more fun parent in a lot of households. And again, stereotypically. And I really think that for moms, sometimes we have to rein in that type A <laughs> personality and don't worry about the mess. You'll clean it up. It will be fine. And they're learning. And you know, I mean, my son is going to get neater and neater. But when I think about what I want him to take away, I don't want it to be mommy is stressed in the kitchen. Mommy doesn't like to be here. Mommy doesn't like the mess. Mommy is yelling at me. I want it to be we had a fun time. We made a cake. We talked. I want that to be what he walks away with. That's right. So yeah, make a mess.
0: No, I like that a lot. And, and what you're talking about is a mindset shift, right? Like when you're in the kitchen alone, you're going to be cooking in a different way.
1: A hundred percent
0: focused. I'm not going to make a mess. I'm getting you know da 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 da. But if you're in the kitchen cooking with your child, it's not. Hey, I'm trying to cook this meal. It's that's one of the things that I'm trying to do. But there's a lot of other. You know, we're trying to bond together. I'm trying to be a teacher, and mm-hmm. who knows what's going to happen? Like we were talking about, you know, he might open up. They might open up to you. So. Well, awesome, Stephanie. I really appreciated you joining today Uh, again.
1: Yeah, thank you so much.
0: KiddosCook.com and host of Kiddos in the Kitchen, which um, awesome podcast. So hopefully my uh, listeners will check it out. And thanks again for joining us.
1: Yes, please do. Thank you so much.
0: If you liked our podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. If you haven't joined us yet, go to adadspath.com to get our free newsletter exclusively for dads. Do you know a friend who might like this podcast? Send it on. We want to help as many dads as possible make fatherhood count. Dad on.